Hi, I'm Jack, and this is Tuck In, We're Rolling, Queer Hollywood Stories. This week, uh, we're going to be talking about Cary Grant and his husband. I think I've mentioned before uh, that I've been in love with Cary Grant for most of my life. Uh, the funny thing is that after I had to watch To Kill a Mockingbird in high school, I thought he was Gregory Peck, uh, but then I realized my mistake. I don't remember what I saw him in first or why I even ended up so fixated on him, um, but I very vividly remember... Uh, watching Arsenic and Old Lace and just being completely captivated. Maybe I'm just sort of into tall, dark, and handsome, but for whatever reason, I collected information and little tidbits about him for basically forever, Uh, like the bit about how he and Clark Gable would swap monogram presents if they didn't like what they had gotten, or that once he had been married to the girl from City Lights. You know, I really started this podcast for two reasons. The first one is that I'm totally and unbelievably in love with Montgomery Clift, and when David Thompson talked garbage about him in The Whole Equation, I wanted to set the record straight, and I will in a future episode. The second reason is that, as I've talked about before, when I decided to get angry at David Thompson and write a massive rant on my personal Tumblr, I mentioned that I had only recently learned that Cary Grant was gay. Someone replied to my post correcting me that he was actually bisexual and kind of a shitty person. Um, You know, I'm not the type to accept things at face value. Um, And I also like to look at famous people as real complex people uh, who might be 20 stories tall in our memory, but were really just actual human beings out in the world making terrible decisions and drinking too much wine when they were supposed to do something important. So I went digging. I went digging and I didn't really stop. I read everything I could find about Cary Grant. I read the things that denied that he had had same-sex relationships. I read the things that said that he was exclusively gay. I read the things that said that he was bisexual. I watched his movies, mostly for entertainment, uh, but also as an excuse to try and peel back the persona. My favorite thing about Cary Grant has always been um, his face and the way that he could contort it. He actually got his start as a tumbler and acrobat, and he's this very tall, gangly thing. But, you know, somehow, even with all the physical acting that he did, uh, it's still the way he expresses his emotions on his face that I like the best. You know, it's pretty well known um, that he put on the Cary Grant persona very deliberately. Um, He almost considered Cary Grant to be someone entirely different and apart from his real self. Uh, Very famously, he said, everybody wants to be Cary Grant. Even I want to be Cary Grant. So at the end of all this digging, what did I come up with? As I'm sure you're not surprised to hear, the content of this podcast. Cary Grant was born Archie Leach in Bristol on January 18th, 1904. Uh, His parents, Elsie and Elias, were working class and dysfunctional as hell. When he was nine, Elias told Archie that his mother had gone away on holiday and then changed the story to say that she had died. Um, Cary Grant did not find out until he was 31 that he had been lied to, and his father had in fact put Elsie away in a sanitarium. Eventually, Elias abandoned Archie and moved away to marry someone else and start a new family. Um, Archie ran away from home at one point to join the Pender Troop of Acrobats, uh, but when they found out that he was very seriously underage, he was dragged back to school. Um, At that point, he did a very good job of being a pretty poor student until he was thrown out. Um, He toured with the troupe full-time starting in 1918 at the age of 14. I think uh, here I'd like to pause and reflect on Grant's childhood. 
it's very clearly a messed up situation with his father running off and the whole thing with his mother. You know, it's been said the way that his mother was very standoffish and selective with her affection directly contributed to the way that Grant handled his relationships with women in his adult life. And I think that's true. Um, I also think uh, that the kind of pain of a childhood like this really directly impacted his acting. You know, personally, I'm not terribly familiar with the things he did with Hitchcock in the 50s and 60s. Please don't come for me about it. Uh, but I am familiar with his screwball comedies of the late 30s and early 40s. You know, that old line about depressed people being the funniest uh, really rings true in this case. So in 1920, Archie gets on the RMS Olympic to come to America to tour with the Pender Troupe. Uh, there's been some biographers who claim that Dougie Fairbanks Sr. and Mary Pickford were on the boat and they took a shine to Archie, but accounts do vary. Uh, he wouldn't star in any movies until 1930, and he wouldn't become really famous until about 1937. That's a lot of years touring, whether he was tumbling or acting in plays between his arrival and his big break. So, you know, what was he doing in that interim? Cary Grant met Ori Kelly, who went on to become a very famous costume designer in 1925. Um, still Archie at the time, he was 21, broke, and he had nowhere to go. Um, Ori Kelly took Archie in, and so the rumors go, uh, they became romantically involved. Uh, in Cary Grant, a biography, Mark Elliott uh, talks about this relationship quite a bit, uh, mentioning the drama and the arguing that went on. Elliot says that the two had a row at a party and the host just kind of sniffed and asked if everybody was just going to sit there and let this blatant homosexuality continue in front of them. Um, in Kelly's lost autobiography that has since been found, obviously, uh, he mentions uh, that he was annoyed with Archie's penchant for blonde women, but proudly said that Archie always came home to me. Uh, while I was researching this podcast, um, I also came across some information that pointed to Grant as being abusive towards Ori Kelly. And, you know, the things that I came across were pretty shocking. Uh, Grant supposedly knocked Kelly out a few times and threw Kelly out of a moving vehicle once. This isn't um, entirely out of character for Grant, I'll admit. Um, in the course of my research, um, it, I found out that it's kind of well known uh, that he was abusive towards his wife, um, going so far as to fly into a blind rage and crash his car into Virginia Sherrill's parked one while she visited an ex of hers. Um, but, you know, the things that he did to his wives was well documented. I had never heard of him acting this way towards Kelly, and even though I shouldn't be surprised, and it honestly didn't take all that much digging to find out about it, I kind of wanted to take this moment to talk about how domestic violence and queer relationships really is a problem that people don't like to talk about or look into. Um, at least at the time, uh, two men being in a relationship with one another. Uh, it's been said that physical violence was almost expected just due to the nature of the times and the nature of the toxic masculinity of the time. Uh, you know, there's a big part of me that uh, kind of just thinks that's a bullshit excuse for queer abusers. Uh, but if we go back to our Valentino episode and remember the way that the general public reacted to a man just being pretty and... Even if we look at the pressures of traditional masculinity and how violence is supposed to be a, a masculine trait, maybe at least back then, it's half bullshit excuse and half explanation. And you know, it might be an explanation, but it doesn't have to be forgiven. You can be expected to do something and still know that it's wrong. You know, I don't want to come off as apologizing for Grant's behavior um, because it was unacceptable then and it's unacceptable now. Um, 
but in this context, we can look at the times and the environment and get a better picture of the entire situation. So Cary Grant was a very famous man, you know, a very neurotic man, and I think um, a very lonely and scared man as well. Uh, but the fact remains that he was abusive towards his partners. And, you know, I'll admit that this has changed my overall picture of him and, you know, it's dimmed my crush on him. And there's a whole other discussion to be had about supporting people who are known to be abusers or even just not very nice people after they've been dead for a long time. Uh, you know, uh, things that maybe weren't known at the time or at least well known while they were alive um, or supporting someone's art versus condemning their personal behavior. Um, but I, I think it's a thought for another time, so we're going to put a pin in it, and maybe we'll come back to it in a couple of episodes, and we'll talk about it, but for now. So, Archie and Kelly, despite their tumultuous relationship, are more or less together through 1932. Uh, when Archie goes to Hollywood in 1930, he stays with Kelly until he gets his feet under him. Um, in 1931, he officially changes his name at the urging of Paramount Studios, and Archie Leach becomes Cary Grant, or... I think maybe I should say Cary Grant becomes the persona that Archie Leach could slip into comfortably, um, allowing him to kind of become someone else and minimize the anxiety that existing in the world gave him. In 1932, Cary Grant meets Randolph Scott, and the two move into a beautiful house by the beach together, known in the press and to their friends as Bachelor Hall. As with Garbo and Dietrich, uh, Randolph Scott was the polar opposite of Cary Grant. Uh, he was born into a well-off Virginian family and wanted for nothing when he was growing up. Um, he went to private schools, he had a large family, and he went off to serve in the army during World War I. Uh, he returned home in 1919 after attending an officer's school in France and uh, went to Georgia Tech with dreams of becoming a football star. Uh, he transferred to the University of North Carolina after a back injury put his football dreams on hold. Um, but he eventually dropped out of school altogether. Uh, to go and work as an accountant at a textile firm with a, where his father also worked. So it was around uh, 1927 that he went to Hollywood. Uh, his father was friends with Howard Hughes and sent Scott along with a letter to meet the millionaire. Uh, Hughes plays into our early Hollywood stories quite a bit, as I'm sure you've realized by now, um, and he did eventually give Scott a part in a romantic comedy. Scott did a lot of stage work as bit characters and eventually got a deal at Paramount where he met Cary Grant on the set of Hot Saturday. At this point, a lot of biographers start to differ. Uh, the two certainly did meet on the set of Hot Saturday, uh, but Ori Kelly's autobiography itself points to Kelly being the one who introduced the two. Uh, they moved in together almost immediately, by some accounts to save on costs, and by others because they legitimately cared for one another. So the two would go on to live together on and off for 12 years. Uh, Scott became a point of contention in Grant's first marriage, the one to Virginia Sherrill of City Lights fame. Uh, Grant refused to move out of the house on the beach at first, and Sherrill was furious over it. Um, the marriage itself was rushed and was basically the studios putting the squeeze on Grant to marry someone, anyone, lest the gossip columnist Hedda Hopper call him out, uh, call him not normal in another one of her rags. The marriage would last less than a year uh, when Cheryl would claim that Grant had no sexual interest in her whatsoever uh, and that he was drunk and sullen throughout most of their time together. She also claimed that he hit her, and we've talked about that a little bit in this episode. Um, but, you know, it occurs to me, I want to share with you a thought that I had while reading the Elliot biography of Grant. Um, so let's pan back and look at Grant's life for a second. 
He was abandoned by his father, he had a troubled relationship with his mother, and basically made his own way in the world without any real influences to base his life and action on. Uh, the way he acted with Cheryl flying into jealous rages and acting possessive uh, was, in my opinion, Grant's caricature of a straight man and how a husband was supposed to act. I'm going to talk a lot about the way that queer men internalize misogyny and homophobia in the Monty Clift episode, uh, but I think this is a good jumping point. Again, uh, this is not an excuse for the way that Grant acted towards his wives and partners, uh, but I think that it's interesting to look at the way that society shapes a person's perceptions. You know, Grant acted like a jealous lunatic because he thought that's how a man should act. He should have known that it was wrong and he should have been better than that, but he didn't and he wasn't. So getting back to the story, um, it's very interesting me, to me to find that a lot of the articles on Randolph Scott uh, cast doubts on a romantic relationship between him and Grant. Uh, Scott's son flat out denied the rumors, and uh, Bud Woodisher, once again, don't speak French, uh, who directed Scott in seven films over the course of his career, called the rumors bullshit. Uh, even Scott's biographer says that there's no evidence that Scott and Grant were ever romantically involved. But when you go on over to source material on Grant, uh, they're very much on the other side. And now I'm going to try and get a link up to a series of photographs that were shot of Grant and Scott at Bachelor Hall. Um, they document a sort of day in the life of the two of them, uh, swimming in the pool, uh, running on the beach, uh, lighting each other's cigarettes. Uh, there's one of them running lines while Scott reclines in a chair and Grant lays with his head at Scott's feet. Uh, there's one of them uh, in the kitchen together wearing aprons and cooking. Uh, you know, there's one of them just like looking at each other lovingly. You know, so maybe the rumors are true um, and maybe they aren't. The pair lived together through at least one marriage each uh, until the studios finally pressured them into moving out in 1940. Uh, they made a movie together the same year, the only movie that they would make together called My Favorite Wife. Um, and instead of choosing separate hotel suites for the location shots, they roomed together, raising more than just a few eyebrows. Most of the first-hand material I've found uh, says that they weren't intimate partners, which, okay, fine. Uh, even Grant's daughter claims that they weren't true, but adds that Grant liked to let gay rumors fly so that when he bagged a woman, they felt special, which is gross gross and a little creepy um and you know honestly it's not out of character for grant knowing what we know about him now uh, there are people who claim to have caught scott and grant holding hands in a semi-private moment late in their lives and there are people who claim to have been involved with both of them in the menage a trois sense of the word you know and where does this leave us as with most early Hollywood queer stories, we're kind of in gay limbo. Uh, were they, weren't they? There's evidence that goes both ways. You know, is this just a story about two men who were very close, very good friends, but in American society, we can't view that as anything but gay. Mark Elliott posits that Grant's same-sex attraction goes back to his school days in England uh, when boys were just messing around with each other like that. And, and you know, maybe it is that. Uh, I think I've done an okay job of explaining what a complicated man Cary Grant was, abandoned, neurotic, hypochondriac. He had an addict's personality, first with smoking and drinking, and then later in life, he microdosed with acid to keep his anxiety and depression in check. You know, I personally think uh, that Grant is one of the best examples of stars being ultimately human. 
Um, he was deeply flawed and seriously insecure. Famously, he sued uh, Chevy Chase for calling him homo in the 1980s. You know, me personally, I think that Grant was a confused, lonely person um, who took solace from the people that gave it to him, no matter their gender. You know, regardless of the stories, uh, the rumors, and even the truth, uh, what we're left with is the story of Cary Grant, a man with a charming smile, a devastating personal life, and the acting chops to be named the number two actor of the 20th century sliding in right after Humphrey Bogart. So a quick aside before I leave you, um, I'm going to try and do something a little new starting this week, and that's posting up little blog entries on our Tumblr called things we missed this week. Uh, basically, it's the parts of a story that ended up cut out of the episode for time or clarity's sake in blog post form. Um, there's a lot that I didn't talk about on our last episode, and uh, there's enough information about Cary Grant to fill several books. Uh, so I thought that maybe it would be a nice way to give you guys, you know, a better picture about what I'm talking about here. Uh, this week, I'm also going to start leaving book and movie recommendations on the blog so you guys can maybe get a chance to watch some of my favorites and, um, you know, we can open up some discourse there. So, you know, thank you so very much for listening to Tuck In, We're Rolling Queer Hollywood Stories. Uh, this episode was written, researched, edited, and recorded by me, Jack Segreto. Uh, I want to take a minute to pause here and give a really special shout out to Tumblr users, a Middle Earth themed bar in Hogsmeade and Detective Joan for saying nice things about the podcast and blowing up my head a little bit. Um, it, I really just can't put into words um, how good it feels uh, to know that there's a couple of people out there that, that like what I'm doing and care about what I'm doing. So, so thank you. Thank you, folks. It really means a lot to me. Um, you can find a transcript of this episode and all of our episodes, along with facts, photos, and recommendations on our Tumblr, tuckinpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can also give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash tuckinpodcast. Uh, we accept messages on both of these platforms, so please feel free to shoot us any suggestions for show topics or comments that you might have. Uh, we put out new episodes every Wednesday, and you can listen to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Uh, and don't forget to rate and subscribe to us. We will be back next Wednesday to discuss Marlon Brando, gay rumors, and his impact on Hollywood masculinity. So we will see you next time.